welcome to another episode of the Master of Nothing podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, if you are returning to the podcast, welcome back. If you are a new listener, welcome to the Master of Nothing podcast. Uh, what is this podcast? You might be asking yourself. Um, pretty much anything that I'm interested in, we talk about everything. No topic is off limits. Um, the only rule is that it has to interest me. That's it. So welcome. Um... First of all, thank you to all the people who tuned into the last, um, or who listened to the last episode that I did with my friend Hugh um, from Christchurch, and also the last solo episode that I did, which happened to be the most uh, the most views that I've ever had on YouTube, which is pretty cool. So thank you for doing that, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for the support. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I don't, like, you know, I'm, I'm, obviously this is not a massive podcast, doesn't have a huge following, and... It was cool to get like positive feedback and um, like, you know, people leaving comments and having um, back and forth in the comment section, which was pretty cool. And um, yeah, it was a pretty serious episode, I felt. I felt like looking back on it now, like I was like, it's got worked up over certain topics and yeah, it was pretty serious. It's nice to keep things lighthearted, but that's like the beauty of not sort of pigeonholing yourself into one category is that you can sort of dip in and out of these different topics, some of them being serious, some of them being silly, you know, I like to be able to go into both and, uh, you know, and, and discuss topics that, you know, are very serious and some that are just stupid. Because that's what, like, that's who we are as well. That's who I am as a person, right? I have a side of me that can be like very serious and will have well thought out opinions. And then sometimes I don't have well thought out opinions. Sometimes I'm just full of complete nonsense. But I like both sides of me, right? I, I like that dichotomy within, and I like that with other people as well. It's like I don't want to tune into a podcast that's just someone who's just constantly being serious. That's why, like, the self improvement podcasts can be a little bit. I like them. I like listening to some of them, but sometimes it's just too much of the same thing constantly. So I don't know if other people's Apple podcasts look like mine, but I have hundreds of podcasts that I'm subscribed to. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I listen to all of them, but I just like to have a different, different podcast for different moods. It's like music, right? Like if you're in a certain mood, you listen to certain genres. I'm um, exactly the same with, with podcasts, so, um, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's been a lot of content in the last couple of weeks, again, surrounding the topics that I covered the last solo episode, that I did. so, you know, things about gender, things about the LGBTQ plus community, all that drama, um, it just seems like it never stops. It seems like there's just like a constant new cycle of new issues, new problems, new things people are angry about. Um, and, you know, it could have been easy for me to continue talking about those topics and to continue talking about those stuff that, because it gets a lot of attention, I mean, I'm sure it has a lot to do with why I had, you know, that's the most views I've had um, out of all the videos I've done on YouTube. And, um but it's, I just don't care enough. I just don't care enough. The, the reason why it came up was because, one, I'm a, a huge fan of Sonny Bill. I'm a huge fan of Spanian. It just, like, it, it's, it's, it's not something that I'm super passionate about. So to make episodes back-to-back -back about it and to, like, follow it and to, like, it's not the hill I want to die on, you know? I'm not riding hard for those topics. Poor choice of words. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, but you could like, you could do that. You could just follow the, you know, the, the, the dramas within uh, gender politics, um, you know, the LGBTQ plus community. You could just follow that and you could just do content on that alone and nothing else. And you would, you would never, ever run out of content because just, it's, it's, constantly people are constantly feeling that fire and it's just such a trigger for people people on either side of the argument are just so triggered by everything that happens in that community it's it's crazy 
Um, so yeah, so it's nice to it's nice to mix it up. We don't always going to be serious. We don't always going to be talking about gender politics and identity identity politics. Sorry, um, but yeah. So how I've got like you can't see, but I have a laptop in front of me, and I have like a little prompt sheet, and um, it doesn't. Sometimes I'll write things down, but obviously you have to be engaged with the camera as well. So I can't necessarily just read verbatim what's on there, but it is just like a flowchart to like things to remind me of the things that I want to talk about. And here it says, how am I feeling? <laughs> Which is, um, and I want to be completely honest. How, like, I don't know what I was asking myself when I put that down there. Like, how am I, is it? How am I feeling at this very moment right now, or how have I been feeling for the majority of this time period, which I guess is like the, the last week or so? Because you know, I don't write these out just beforehand. Like, I wrote this sort of flow sheet like yesterday or the day before, I think. And I don't know what I had in mind when I wrote that. But I'll be honest. What am I feeling right now? I feel good. I feel content. I have recently come back from New Zealand, so like I'm pretty, I would say like I'm pretty homesick. I'm be honest. I miss I miss my family. Oh my goodness, I can't talk about family. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I miss them a lot. You know, I wish I could just bring everyone over here and 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 have them here with me, but unfortunately, that is not how life works. Um, I spent what two and a half months over New Zealand and yeah my heart was very full for a couple months and now I feel like I feel like there's something missing I feel like a lot is missing and it's obvious what that is it's just it's my family not being around loved ones and I shouldn't say that because I love my friends that I have here um, but it's different you know it's, it's obviously it's very different with family so yeah I've been you know I've, I'm busy I've got a lot of things on that I that I try to get to, so I guess that is like a good distraction. But you know, when I'm not doing anything and I'm just sort of I've got downtime or spare time, I, I'm I'm pretty I get pretty low, and it's not low to the point where it's like oh I'm feeling depressed, but I'm just like yeah I'm just homesick. I'm homesick. That's what it is. You know, I miss my family, and and I miss Christchurch. I miss how relaxed it is. But Sydney is, it's just absolute madness here, you know, it's, people don't realise how there's like a constant tension in the air I feel around Sydney, just people are always in a constant rush, there's always a buzz, and it's like you very really get to experience like silence, you know, if you live near a beach, you're kind of lucky because you can there, like, I mean, I mean, it's not silence, but it's like, it's just quiet, right, it's just like nature, you can just hear nature. In crisis, you could pull over the side of the road and it's it's very likely you might not hear anything. <laughs> so it's, yeah. That's, I think that's how I want to answer that question. But, yeah. Um, let's move on to the topics. Oh, there's a few to talk about today. Um, the first one, I... <laughs> Which is a hilarious topic. It's it's ridiculous that we're talking about this, but this is a fun one. <laughs> the world famous Hezbollah is being cancelled. <laughs> so, even saying, even just saying that, I feel stupid. I feel stupid saying Hezbollah is is cancelled. <laughs> um. Well, the only way to describe this is that saying, like you either you you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> you know, the, I'll explain what the video is. If you haven't seen it, go onto YouTube, type in Hasbullah cat video, Hasbullah cancelled. I'm sure there'll be other people talking about it and explaining it as well. But uh, it's a short little rundown of the video. It's a video of, it's a POV view of <laughs> Hezbollah holding a camera and he's videoing his cat and he squeezes the cat's ear, gives it a wee tap. I'm assuming the cat did something wrong. The cat had to have done something wrong. Nobody just like gives their, gives their cat a little whack for no reason. And so anyway, I'll explain the video. I am explaining the video. 
So he 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 squeezes the cat's ear. He gives him a little whack. Gives it another whack again. The the cat kind of cowers off into this little box or this little corner, and then I think he gives it like kind of one more hit, like a little tap on the head, and and the world has been lit on fire. <laughs> people are losing their mind. The people are wanting to cancel him. People are making videos about wanting to cancel him. I think Sean Strickland, the, the UFC fighter who is always just talking mad shit about everybody, is talking shit about us, Pula. <laughs> the whole Hasbulla thing is just weird. He's become the world's mascot. Like, he, he became the world's mascot so quickly. And it's cool that, like, everyone, like, he's he's funny as hell. His content is hilarious. Like, the original video of Hasbulla when he is trying to fight that other, like, the other little kid, little kid, little dude. I don't know. What what are they called? I don't know what they're called. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what they're called. But he's, like, they've, like, set up, like, an interview. They've got, like, Hasbulla's um, friend that's in between them who's, like, trying to separate them constantly. That is one of the funniest videos. That, is, that has to be one of the funniest videos on the internet, full stop. Hilarious. I get why he rose to stardom, you know, he's like, obviously the, the, the disease that he has is very, like, peculiar, it's like, what what's going on, um, you don't see that all the time, so people were taken back by that, but the world has treated Hasbulla like, like, it's like a circus act, it's kind of weird, it's kind of weird, um, I like it when he's in control of the content that he's making. I don't like when people are like go, going up to him and like picking him up and stuff like that. It just kind of feels weird. Um, but yeah, it feels like a bit of a circus act, you know, like, like the bearded woman or like the, you know, like we, we're all, if, if it wasn't in the time of social media and like technology and us having cell phones that we can access and see videos of him, we would go to the circus to see him. It's exactly the same thing, right? Like, we would go to a place where he would be on show for everyone, for everyone to see, except we have, like, this weird access to seeing people now. So we don't have to do that, right? So he's just, like, in the palm of our hands, and it, it's just feel, it just feels weird. It's always... I've always thought it's a bit odd, despite the fact that I think he's really cool. And it's cool that he's famous, and it's cool that he's rich now, and it's cool that, you know... He's hanging out with like the Nelk boys and, and Dana White and like if, like all the MMA fighters love him, except Sean Strickland, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, the video, the video with the cat, people blowing up about the cat, like what? I, I looked it up. Hasbulla is a meter tall and 16 kgs. That's fucking tight. That's so small. Dude, a meter tall. Hasbulla is that. That's about a meter. He's every, like, he is all, he, all human in, in that much space. 16 kgs. That is. Okay, we know what 16 kgs is. It's nothing. There is. How much damage could that dude really do? Are we really concerned about the cat? Have we even considered just like really basic physics in our mind of like that's a it's a it's a dude who's a meter tall, sixteen kgs. What is his gra what is his grip going to be like? Obviously we've seen videos of him like punching people in the face. He didn't whack the cat that hard. And people people want to cancel him. Like cancel him from what? What what are you cancelling Hasbullah from you looking at him? <laughs> That's the only thing, that, that's what made him famous, is you looking at him. The the things that have changed in his life, I mean, obviously I don't know him personally, obviously, but he's like, he's hanging out with like rich, famous people now. But before then, he was just like shooting guns. Every video I used to see with him was him with like a different form of weaponry. It was like a knife, it was like semi-automatics, him firing guns off, him with like desert eagles in his hands and shit. And it was just people like watching him. Like, well, what are you canceling him from? What made him famous was just him just living his life and, and you creepy assholes watching it. That's it. Dude doesn't have a podcast. He's not on like, he's not on like Comedy Central. He's got no special or nothing like that. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah. 
we have to cancel Hezbollah, so we're going to cut our eyeballs out. People are ridiculous, man. That's ridiculous. That's not cancel culture. That's just like, that's that's just high-end retardation is what that is. That's, that's people who are just stupid. People are stupid and don't realize that, oh, yeah, he does nothing. He just lives his life, and it's you that watches him, which has made him this megastar. And watching, if you watch the video with the Nelk boys where he comes over and he spends, like, the week in America or whatever, um, or he comes over, he goes over to America and spends the week with them, they were kind of explaining that that he knows he's famous, but he doesn't like. I don't think they don't think that he realizes exactly how famous he actually is. So, I imagine him being in Russia is he really tapped into like all the social media culture that that goes on in countries like America and here and like I think I think Australia is similar and New Zealand is similar to America like. The, the algorithms you get caught in and stuff. Is, is that the same in Russia? I don't know. I don't know what their social media is like and stuff. But for the Nelk boys to say that he doesn't realize how famous he is, dude, he's probably just going, uh, going about his day minding his own business and people are, people are obsessed with him. So, yeah. <laughs> how much damage is a meter tall dude who's 16 kgs? going to do to, to a cat the things that fall off roofs and survive they they fall off house roofs and survive and, and they're like sweet and in fact when they fall off a roof and then they almost appear to then accelerate from that it's like falling off the roof gave them like a bit of a fire in their belly now they can move quicker dude the cat's fine the cat's sweet ah ridiculous absolutely ridiculous um yeah Hezbollah what damage he's doing I wonder how long it would take for like like could does Hezbollah have it in him to be able to kill a normal sized human with no weapons just with his bare hands dude his hands have got to be like this big if he's a meter tall how, how big are his his fingers have got to be they've got he's obviously like a baby he's like a toddler He's like a toddler. Toddlers are like a meter tall. Dude. How long would it take for him to kill a normal sized person? Like an average sized person. So what's the average height? It's like 5'10 five, five, for a dude or 5'11 for a dude. 5'11 dude, let's say they're about 90 kgs. It would take a long time. It would probably take, the, the, the person would probably die of starvation before they died of Hezbollah killing them. Well, he would have to put his whole leg inside the person's mouth to suffocate them, to, to kill them. Or somehow wrap, yeah, that's just not happening. He couldn't block your nose. It would probably take like two full fists to block your nose. That's, <laughs> that's being ridiculous. But, you know, he's just, he's not causing any damage. But what, how hilarious. Let's cancel him. From what? You idiots. What are you, what are you canceling him from? Your weird obsession with little people? <laughs> You're going to cancel them from your, you being a weirdo and just constantly wanting to look at people from different countries who live different lives? Ridiculous. That's all I have to say about that. Hezbollah, keep doing you, my bro. You are, you are not cancelled in my books. Um, fuck that cat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want to know what the cat, what did the cat do? It's like, like when terribly toxic and mis misogynistic dudes hear that like a, a woman's been beaten. It's like, yeah, but what did, what did she say? You know, I don't know what she said. <laughs> That's not funny. But what did the cat do? Um, oh, he, and he did an apology video. Well, not an apology video. He explained himself. I don't think he really apologized. But imagine, like, he's like, who the fuck am I apologizing to? Imagine having to, I wonder who explained it to him. Does he have, like, a PR person that explained it to him? And then he's like, oh, I guess I better, you know, like, hey, Hezbollah, you got to come into the, you got to come in, we need a meeting, we need to have a meeting immediately. And do they lay it out for him and be like, hey, dude, the, the best course of action at this point is to do an apology video about the cat. Because... <laughs> Stupid, man. Stupid.
Um, I hope he didn't apologize. I, I listened to a little bit of it. I didn't listen to the full. Actually, I didn't even listen to it. It was a. It was like someone was explaining what he had said. So I don't know if he apologized. I hope he didn't, because um, you people who want to cancel him, you're idiots, and that's that. Ah, next topic. Another. This one's juicy. This one's real juicy. Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate are free. Well, they're not free. They're on house arrest. Um, but the Tate brothers are out of the Romanian prison uh, and are back in their homes, which is crazy. Which is crazy. I haven't been following this closely, but I've been like, you know, you kind of can't help but follow it because it's it's always in the media, right? It's always, people are always talking about it. Um, so yeah, they're not free. Technically, they're on house arrest, but in their mansion. So it's like, you know, good problems. It's pretty good problems. If you're going to be arrested on house arrest anywhere, um, you know, if you've got a mansion, it probably helps. I'm not going to lie. I, <laughs> I haven't been following closely, but I'm going to assume that there are not very many international human traffickers who get house arrest. <laughs> you, like... They've been inside, they, they've been in prison for so long, these people have had so much time to get evidence on them, to really charge them and keep them in there longer. If they had anything that was solid and concrete, I'm sure they would still be in prison, not on house arrest. So, I mean, you know, I have a sneaking suspicion they're innocent. And and that doesn't mean that they're innocent of being from being dickheads, because... From what it, what it sounds like, they kind of manipulate and sort of coerce women into doing being part of their, what is it, their, their OnlyFans chat, these chat rooms or whatever it is, however they made their money. Um, which that's, that's like, it's kind of a douchey thing to do. It's kind of like a dickhead way to make money, right? But I'm not here to judge how they make money. I'm just like, that's what I think about it and it's whatever. You know, people make money in far, far more worse ways, you know. God forbid we really find out how our iPhones are made and how my Jordans are made. And it's like, oof. Let's not go, let's not go down the, the, the route of criticizing everyone on how they make money. Because, yeah. We, we might find that the only way to uh, live guilt-free is to walk around completely butt-naked. Because every bit of item that you wear, every bit of clothing that you wear has some sort of inhumane treatment attached to it and it's just like it's just the way it is you, you can't escape it um but yeah those guys those dudes are going to make so much money if they can make content again if they can continue making content it's going to be insane it's going to be insane. And they kind of made him a little bit of a martyr the way they took him in. And, and, and you know, his followers, dude, his followers are ruthless. Those people, like, he, when he was coming out of the prison, there's a video of him when they're getting released, the two brothers, and people are chanting for them. But like, chanting, top G, top G. It's, it's bananas. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to go back into the, doing exactly what they did before? I don't know what the, like, I can't imagine what they're going to do now. I really hope that he leans into being Muslim, you know, and just, like, takes the route of religion and just be, wants to become, like, a, you know, be, be more part of the, 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 the Muslim culture and, and, and uh, sorry, Muslim religion and go down that track because, you know, I'm, I imagine that would just make his life better and, 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 it would be cool to see that. You know, he's on his own. Those Tate brothers, they're on their own little sort of journey of, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's still trying to kind of figure out who he is, right? Because at one point he wasn't Muslim at all. He converted, like, recently. So he's still learning about himself. He's still, he's still figuring out who he is in the face of all of the amazing things he's got going on in his life, the millions of dollars that he has, the, you know, the woman he's got around him, the followers that he's got. He's still making, like, these big life decisions and, and figuring himself out. So, like, yeah, it would be cool to see him 
really change and really lean into that Muslim religion because, you know, I, man, when you meet people who are really Muslim and, and, and practice it properly, they're, they're the most disciplined and, and the kindest and the nicest people. I've, I've worked with a lot of Muslim people and, um, yeah, great people. Great people, great discipline, um, and you know, the way you do one thing is generally the way you do most things, is what you find with people, right? Obviously, that's not, you know, there's to, to varying degrees, but when you can have the discipline that, that Muslim people have, I'm sure that presents itself in different areas of their lives, and I imagine that would be good for someone like you know, Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate. I don't know if Tristan is, but I know definitely know Andrew Tate is, is converted or whatever, whatever the term is. But uh, it'll be interesting to watch those boys see what they're going to do. What's my stance on his content? I think it's the same that everyone, the, the same opinion that everybody has about Andrew Tate is that some things he says stand... Some things he says, uh, uh, I agree with, and some things he says, I don't agree with. He's got some pretty crazy outlandish views on like relationships, but unless you are a millionaire like that dude, or however, whatever amount of money he has, unless you're like in the circles that he's in, and you live, and you want to be that kind of dude like that, you should probably not take. <laughs> relationship advice of a dude like that because he is he is a different caliber of person right like he's just a different he's living a completely different life that not many people will live the same life that he lives so it's like maybe you shouldn't model yourself on someone who is that many degrees of separation from you it's like find people who are similar that uh, have similar lives and and one take there's this People, there are a lot of podcasts where people talk about relationships and they're not in relationships themselves. There's that, that English, that English girl, Pearly Things, and she's like a red pill chick and she's like, gives advice and has women on to debate them, has men on to debate them and she's very quick to like spout out stats and to give people advice on relationships and on marriage and on divorce and all these crazy things. But she's single, never been, never been married, doesn't have a family, doesn't have kids, never been in a marriage. You know, it's like the, have you seen Good Will Hunting when the therapist talks to, to Matt Damon's character and is like, you can read all these books that you want to read. You can be as knowledgeable as you want in theory, you know, but it's like, the real world is different. There's knowledge and then there's wisdom. And I just think that take relationship advice of people who have wisdom around the topic, not knowledge. Because, yeah, find happily married couples, speak to them. And that should be it. No one else. You don't need to take advice of Andrew Tate of pearly things, of all these people who uh, I feel like a, a just trying to make money off you, right? Trying to use you as attention or views. You know, be be careful on who you take advice from, and and be careful on how you give advice as well. We're going off tangent here, okay? We're getting off tangent, but I'm rolling with it. This is a stream of consciousness, and I'm rolling with it. As, as, as important as it is to be careful who you take advice from because there is that big difference between like knowledge and wisdom be careful about giving advice because i f i can i see myself giving you advice right now about who you should take advice from and i should check myself because you should not take advice from me <laughs> the, the mental gymnastics to understand what i'm saying now but i think you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know i i'm i'm very careful i i don't i don't like to give advice because a little part of my head is going hey a little part of my mind is going hey shut up 
Hey, Uzo. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's okay. You know, I I have a lot of conversations with the boys I live with and, and people who are close to me. And if people, uh, if, if something comes up, I would genuinely, I genuinely answer with what I would do. Not what I think you should do. I will answer with what I would do. And I don't know, can you, you can interpret that as giving advice if you want. I don't think it is. It's just explaining what would I do if I was in your position. And Because um, I feel like I have knowledge. You know, I'm a 29-year-old, 29-year-old, you know, young adult. Um, oh, God, young adult. Maybe just adult. We, we're really stepping out of the 20s very soon. Maybe just adult. But... Yeah, I think I have knowledge. I don't think I have a lot of wisdom around certain topics, which is okay. That's fine. I think that will come with age. Um, the people who I look up to, the people who I like to take advice from, um, are all people who are well into their 50s, their 40s, their 60s. You know, I very, really, I mean, unless that person's like, you know, an expert in that area, I'm not even an expert, I, unless I trust that that person has knowledge within that, that, the realm of what they're talking about, then I will take their advice, you know. But I'm very, yeah. I will be respectful and be like, hey, yeah, that's a, that's a good perspective to have. But in my mind, I'm like, you know, when you click and you drag something and you put it in the trash on, the, on your laptop? Yeah, I'm doing that in my mind. I'm taking that and going, Click, drag, letter bolt. <laughs> letter bolt. We need, we, need, we need memory space for when wise people give, give advice. We need memory space for when wise people give advice. Um, whoa, we got off topic. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. I don't... I, I'll be honest. I did have a, a, a full podcast prepared to talk about Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate I wrote it up I had I took the I took the time to write um far more than what I would usually do usually I just do like flow sheets like right here it's just like a flow chart of of topics that I want to talk about and things that I wanted to touch on so but the one that I had about Andrew Tate was like I had I looked up videos I wrote it out it was like you know fairly long compared to what I usually do and I was going to do like a full podcast on them, but I was like, oh, I just don't. You know, I felt myself forcing myself to be into it. And that is not what I should want, I want to do. You know, I don't want to do that. So, um, so yeah, that's, instead of that, they get this. Uh, like a what, 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Um, little segment of me talking, talking shit. But I have nothing else to say about that. I, yeah, I hope that they're not guilty. Because if they're guilty, that means that these, these women who have been trafficked by them, which is fucked up, I don't want that. Some people are hoping for their downfall. Some people are praying, oh my God, I hope they're guilty. It's like hoping that they're guilty is weird because like the flip side of that is that you hope, you're hoping that they're guilty, which means that for them to be guilty, there needs to be women that had were, you know, human trafficked. Human trafficked, is that the... For them to be guilty, there needs to be women who were taken against their will. Um, you know, were the victims of human, human human trafficking. That's not something that you should want. Even if it means that someone you dislike, like Andrew Tate or Tristan Tate, go to prison. It's weird. Don't hope for that shit. It's like, it's like evil journalists who are like, you know, who hope for like a natural disaster or hope for like a shooting or hope for something juicy to happen so that they can get the scoop on it and, and report it. That shit's evil. <laughs> That's, every bit of that is evil. So, those are some international topics, right? Nothing really pertaining to New Zealand or Australia. So we have to bring it back local. Joseph Swali'i is moving to Union for five years on $1.6 million a year. I mean, you know, that is, 
that's what the contract is. I mean, you got to think about third party payments, right? Like sponsorships, all those little things. The brown bag, you know, on on the DLs, on the DLs, brother. The brown bag payments, which we know happens, right? Like, it's just a reality. Whether the people get caught for it or not, but it's a reality, dude. He's got to be on like. He's going to be in Powerade ads. He's going to be in like Rebel Sport ads probably. You know, who knows how much that he ends up making at the end of that five-year deal. But God damn, good on him. Really, honestly, go get it. Get the money. These these Those boys, rugby union, rugby league players, they put their bodies on the line. They risk CTE. They risk their health, their well-being. They spend time away from family. They commit their whole lives to it for a very short career um, to be scrutinized in front of the in front of the public constantly yeah make as, as much money as you possibly can in the short career that you have because you know tomorrow's not promised for those dudes man all it takes is a couple acls people do people do acls just living normal life who aren't even pro athletes <laughs> it's you know nothing is guaranteed so good on him for doing that i'm gutted i'm gutted that we probably will never see him play for samoa um for you know tour samoa again in the world cup that's shitty. That sucks, you know. But also excited because, like, I want to see. I want to see if the Wallabies can actually make some changes and be a better team. Because Australian rugby, you dog shit, terrible, horrendous. You you have twenty five million people in this country. Twenty five million people in this country, and Aboriginals Aboriginals might be the best athletes in the world. You know, the Latrell Mitchells, the the Greg Ingleses, dude, exceptional athletes. They might be the best in the world. <coughs> you can't find 15 people. <laughs> you can't find 15 people out of 25 million to beat the All Blacks. You dog shit. You poopoo, you are fecal matter. You're fecal matter, my guy. Doo doo, that is. Hey, figure it out. Do better. Can't find fifteen people out of twenty-five million. Ridiculous, and like that. I see that the same. Like I said the same thing about the high school that I went to. We had the second biggest high school in the southern hemisphere. We had like three and a half thousand students. Terrible at rugby. Terrible. Just a shock, like a shocking rugby team. <laughs> so twenty-five million. You can't find fifteen people to beat the All Blacks. Not okay. And you have access to the greatest, some of the greatest athletes in the world. I really do believe that about Aboriginal people, man. Freak of nature, athleticism, out of control. But figure it out. Um. Yes, Suali'i might go on to being the most decorated rugby rugby league, rugby union player in history. You know, at the moment, at the moment, there's there's two who I've got on the top of the list. And you will be surprised to hear that Sunny Bill is number two. And I'm not saying in terms of talent or skill, but as far as like the most decorated, so like, Games, the people, he, the teams he's played for, and all that. Sunny Bill is two, number two, number one is Brad Thorne. Oosh, Brad Brad Thorne. I feel like that's the only way you can say his name. You got to drop it in an octave. Brad Brad Thorne. Brad Thorne's number one. Sunny Bill's number two. Brad Brad Thorne. That man is. That man is a beast. First, we'll go through Sunny Bills, right? Like, what is Sunny Bills? I got down here, like, it's what's two times NRL Grand Final, Super Rugby Grand Final, Rugby League Tri Nations, Rugby Union World Cup, Bledisloe Cup. Like, see, like, he's Sunny Bills a beast. I think he's the number one athlete as far as like skills for cross codes. There, there is no better. He's the GOAT. But Brett, Brad Thorne, oh. let's. I looked, let's take a look at his Wikipedia. 
This man, this man is out of control. Brad Thorne. Okay, so we got here. Let's go through his measurements. I know we're talking about Swali'i, and I'm just saying, if Swali'i keeps on going on the way he's going, he will be better. He will have a better record than both Sonny Bill and Brad Thorne. But let's just take let's take a little bit of time to appreciate Brad Thorne, because this man, dude, he's a freak. I've got such bad eyes, dude. Okay. Okay, so first of all, he's 6'5". He's 6'5", 114 kgs. And I imagine that was what he was when he was playing. So, first, his career in rugby league. 1994 to 2000, Brisbane Broncos. 2005 to 07, Brisbane Broncos. Um, his representative is 96 to 05. He played for, in 05, he played for Queensland. 97, he played for Queensland. 97, Australia. 98, Australia. Converts to Rugby Union. From 01 to 04, 08 to 11. 2011, he played for Crusaders. He played for Canterbury. He played for Tasman, the Senex Blues. Leinster, Highlanders, oh, I don't know how to say it, but Queensland country, his representative, <laughs> hold on, okay, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, okay, so his, his, these are the titles that he won during, throughout his career, with the Brisbane Broncos, he won a Super League title in, 90, in 97, 97 World Club Championship. He had NRL titles in 98, 2000, and 2006. That's three grand finals he won, four, if you consider the Super League. He had 14 appearances for Queensland. He won State of Origin in 98 and 99. He won a... He won a, a Eight test matches for Australia. Rugby Union, he had NPC titles 2001 and 04. The Ranfilly Shield holder. Um, 2008 Super Rugby with the Crusaders. Oh, God damn. For the All Blacks, Bledisloe Cup in 2003, 2008, 2009, 2010, and 2011. <laughs> oh, fuck. Tri-Nations, 2003, 2008, 2010. 2003 and 2010, it was undefeated. Grand Slams, I don't know what that means, Grand Slam, but 2008, 2010, 2011, won the Rugby World Cup, go to the ABs, Alaska. He had 59 test matches for the All Blacks with a winning ratio of 86.44%. It's bananas, dude. And then 2012, he won Heineken Cup title with Leinster. Leinster? Leinster. God damn. That's an, uh, that's an impressive human being, man. That's insane. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, I'm not sure if this is true or not. This might be bro facts. But this is the place for him. I think he was the first person in history to, to turn down the all black jersey. I don't know why that's in my brain. If that's not true. Um... Because, you know, anyone who gets asked to be an All Black, you would be, like, you're obviously going to say yes because it's such a prestigious honour in New Zealand. I think he's the first guy to ever say no to it. Which. <laughs> so, I mean, if anyone can top that, it's Swali. That's it. That's the only person who can top that because, well, how old is Swali now? He's tw 19? Or is he 20? Dude, he's 19 and he's already, has he won a grand final? No, he hasn't. Okay, but he's already at the top level of um, NRL, played internationally. So, you know, he's on his way. He's definitely on his way. And if anyone can do it, it's him. But God damn, Brad Thorne, that's outrageous, dude. And 6'5". 6'5 is like, I reckon, 
that's a that's a terrifying height like like that's once you get to like six six and people who are like six seven and all that there's like there's a bit of an awkwardness about them that's like they're too tall and lanky like the only sport they're going to be able to play is basketball or like volleyball or some shit or like be a boxer you know obviously you can do stuff like that but six five is like that's still that's tall but like you can still be like a thick like a thick dude at six five that's terrifying 114 bro bro and now he's coaching he's the man yeah it's confirmed. It's it's confirmed. Brad Thorne is the man. But yeah, that's all. I I mean, yeah, I reckon with with E going, I think there'll be another three, maybe four, maybe three, NRL players that will go with them. Um, I don't know who. Uh, I have my suspicions. Cam Murray. I think a few people think Cam Murray as well. But he seems to be like a like a diehard, you know, South player. But there's, you know, it's not betraying your club because you're going to a different code. If if Camaro was to leave the South and go play for like, you know, another NRL club, it would be like, oh my gosh. But if he leaves and take a couple, takes a couple of years out to, you know, play Super Rugby and then play compete in the World Cup, um, he will come back and pe- he will come back. With arms wide open, people will be welcoming him back into the NRL. They don't give a shit. South won't care. They'll be like, yeah, welcome back. Exactly the same way it happened with Sam Burgess. So this will be very interesting. I'm, I'm keen to see how this is playing out. Eddie Jones, man. Eddie Jones just got his teeth in like a like a vampire. Just as soon as he came in, latched onto the NRL. And um, yeah, hopefully the era of Eddie Jones is better than whatever the bullshit is that's been going on with Australian rugby. Um, but people are, people have issues with it because it's like you could have spent that money in a better way. And One, I don't know how much money they have. You know, you can always say that about anything. You can be like, oh, you could there could have been better ways to spend that money. It's like, well, that makes sense if you, with the context of how much money they have altogether. If we don't know how much money they have altogether, it doesn't really make sense to make comments like that. So people say they need to you know invest more into their grassroots people have like these broad statements that they just say because they know like the amount of panels that i heard say stuff like that like oh they need to invest into their grassroots they should have done this they should have done that but but what what does that even mean that's just such a broad statement it's like can you be a bit more specific do you have any idea of like how they would do that with their grassroots How, how would you even go about doing that or you want to go and change the the way the infrastructures of of school rugby? How do they how are they mean to do that? You know, it's so the way I see it that getting eyes on the sports is one thing, and this has done it for sure. People are watching. People love Swali. You think you know a lot of young people love Swali, and a lot of young Pacific Islanders. They make up sixty to seventy percent of the NRL. Wouldn't it nice to be? Wouldn't it be nice to sort of dip into that pool a wee bit? Maybe that's the way Eddie Jones is thinking: is that if we can convince some of these young Pacific Islanders to convert over to Union, because someone who one is a superstar, um, you know, he's a, he's a superstar. He's young, probably more relatable to the younger generations coming through. Played in that World Cup. That World Cup was. For, for Samoa in the Rugby League World Cup, that was massive. He's he's a, you know, anywhere where there's Samoa, he's a superstar. Maybe that gets eyes on it. Who knows? But yeah, but people making these statements like, oh, they should have done better things with the money, put it into grassroots. It's like, unless you can specifically point out exactly how they would have done it, you're just saying shit. Like, we could all, like, yeah, you should always invest into your grassroots of anything. Like, that's like the building blocks of any sport. Congratulations. You've you've stated the, the absolute obvious. So, this will be interesting. Maybe Australian rugby should just cop being called homophobes and, and, and big to have Israel Folau come back. <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, I don't like Flair. He can get lost. He's a weirdo. Yeah, he's a weirdo. He can go back into the closet, into the closet where he can hide. We know it's true. We know it's true. This will be the third podcast where that's come up about Flair. Because it's true. Um, what are we doing for time? How are we going for time? Alrighty, yeah. We're at about 50 minutes now. I mean, I could go on for longer. I, mean, I, I do like just sitting here talking. I liked the part of the beginning of this podcast where I was just like, you know, how am I feeling? How am I feeling right now? And just try and be as brutally, because I want to be as honest as I can be, you know, with people who are listening. But with respect for the fact that like, I don't want to, sh- you don't want all your business out in, in the streets, you know? I don't want people, some cards you hold close to your chest. Um, but thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This one was a bit more lighthearted. It's nice. It's nice. It feels nice. I like not getting worked up. I like not being super sweaty at the end of a podcast because I've been talking absolute, been talking absolute nan, going hard in the pain. This is nice. Um, <laughs> but please, uh, but yeah, hope you enjoy the podcast. Like, share, comment, do all that sort of good stuff. Um, I've been really enjoying uh, the comments on YouTube. It's been cool going back and forth to people who have been listening and, and hearing their opinions too. And like and this, you know, it's civil, you know. I, obviously, I've seen other podcasts where they get quite big and um, the YouTube comment seems like it's like a, it's just a, a toxic place to be. But, you know, this is a cool, this is a cool phase where, and a place to be where it's, it's kind of, the interactions are lighthearted and, and, the back and forth are much more positive than what I see on some other pages. So that's great. But yeah, please, thank you for coming in. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Um, Let me know what your thoughts are, if you have any thoughts, and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you and goodbye.